There's, there's no question. And, and some, 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 you can tell they're unashamed about their team that they'll have no, no shirt on, but they'll have paint all over their body to let you know who they're rooting for. And catch this, sometimes they realize, I, I, I can have more fun with my buddies. We can spell our words. We can paint them on our chest and let everybody see that it says, go team, go, or whatever they want to put on. But there's no question, there's no question, there's no question who they are rooting. You can tell by their colors. You can, you can also tell if their team is winning by the look on their faces. You can see if they got a smile on their face, their team must be doing pretty good. If they got their hands over their face, you can tell their team might not be doing so well. You, there's no question when you look at the stadium. So my question is that if somebody was walking in on here on this morning and, and they entered in while you said you came to worship, were they questioning what is going on? Because my question is to you that if it's unashamed adoration, you're not worried about, hey, if somebody's going to say am I dignified? You're not going to worry about if somebody's going to say why you got to do all that. You're not worried about them because you're unashamed of the goodness of God and you will worship him in front of everybody realizing that my God is worthy. Hallelujah. Is there somebody here that can testify on this morning that my God is worthy? So what? I will bless the Lord. I will praise him. Check it out. I will bow down towards his temple. I will worship him. Y'all see the theme here. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. Mm. I will sing your praise before the God. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promise are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by the giving me strength. I want to highlight this unashamed adoration to grab for us. Using uh, James McDonald in his chapter of Vertical Church, named that same chapter, Understand Adoration, he's expressed to us that when we worship God, it's basically that we are to give him worth. And what we're saying is, is that you, that something is more worthy. And so when we worship God, we tell him that he is worthy and he's more worthy, which also implies that we are worth less. Mm. That means that we esteem him, we lift him up, and we bring ourselves down. Let's put this into practical terms that we can understand giving God worship to say that he is worthy and he's worth more. And yes, we understand that we are worth less. But here's the problem that we can look at on that aspect of God. But when we bring it into practicality of looking at one another, there's some times that we know we are dead wrong, but we don't want to tell somebody else. So therefore, we lift ourselves up and we tear somebody else down. And, 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 and we do it. We do it because we think we slick. We do it saying, I don't mean any harm. But let me tell you how bad you are, how right I am, because why? I am worthy, but you're worthless. And let me show you how worthless you are. Why you always do this? Why you always do that? It's easy for us to tell it to God, but when it comes to us to show God how we want to worship him, how we'll lift up his own children, we will tear them down, but yet we won't come and worship God. If we worship him, then we honor those who are made in his image. 
How can I worship my God, but yet I can't even honor my husband or my wife? Y'all quiet on that's all right. How can I worship God, but I can't even lovingly take care of my children? I worship God, but yet on my job, I'm curse out my boss. In front of his face, behind his face, and on email. But yet I say I worship God. To worship God means that I will forget about myself and concentrate on him. To worship is to basically check this out. There's four aspects of worship that he says in the vertical church. He talks about first that worship is vertical. Worship is directly to God. Which means that when we worship him that we speak directly to him. And so worship means that I will adore him and say, Lord, you are holy. Lord, you are awesome. Lord, you are magnificent. I'm speaking directly to him. Then once I understand it's vertical, then worship is also simple. You don't have to have a doctorate in order to use a vocabulary to worship God. If you need some assistance and you and you want some books to read and help increase your knowledge, like that's what if you get in a doctor, that's what you do. You read a whole lot of books and they test you to see if you know the information in that book, in the quiz. Let me tell you, God already wrote you a book. And so you can open up that Bible and say, Lord, how can I learn to worship you? And let me give you a crash course first. Just turn to any song. I guarantee he's going to help you out with an introduction of how to worship. And if you need some real help, just go into Revelation. You're going to find out that when they come from them, they're going to say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. I, I guarantee that you could just say that. I guarantee you're going to worship him because that's worship right there. I, I know it's simple. I just say that word three times. Sometimes you just say it more than once. Because in the simplicity, you will meditate on what you're saying and it will open you up to stop worrying about everything else. Like, what do I say next? Just keep on saying holy. <laughs> because he is holy. Cassius is not going to change. God's going to stay holy. He's the same God today as he was yesterday. Hello, he will be tomorrow. If he's holy today, he was holy yesterday, he'll be holy tomorrow. Oh, I said it three times. So, holy, holy, holy. It's simplistic. Not only is it simplistic, it's emotive. That it involves expression. We feel his presence. How is it that you can get emotional over a team scoring a touchdown? Hitting a home run. Crossing the finish line. And yet, God saves you from death. Mm, 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 mm. Rescue from a sick room. Delivered you from an accident. Saved you from a stroke or a heart attack. And you have the nerve to come into his place, his house, and won't say a word to him. Act like he hasn't done anything for you. I know for a fact if you made a dinner... And you slaved over that dinner. And you fed all those people that came in your house, dirtying up your rug, dirtying up your dishes, using up your toilet paper in your bathroom. Hello, somebody. And after you fed them and they ate well and they leave and not one of them tells you thank you. 
I guarantee next time you make that list, they won't be on the top of that list. So let me reverse that. Anybody here can think about what God has done for you. Can you just take a little bit of time and just say, thank you. (laughs) Can you just throw your head back and open up your mouth one more time and say, thank you. Don't it just feel good to thank him? Because shown up, he has provided the table for you in the presence of your enemies. Oh, goodness. Aren't you glad he's the Lord? He is the shepherd. He is the great I am. So not only is it vertical, is it simple, is it emotive, it's physical. It's physical. We, we got to remove this intellectual ideology of how we worship God. It's all mental. Call that, that shoulder up worship. Shoulder up worship works like this. You'll get your hymn, you'll open it up, you'll see what number it is, and you'll say, okay, all right. That's my favorite song. Then sings my soul, how great thou art, how great thou art. Who are you singing to? That's what we do, though. We get up and say, I'm not going to sing loud. I don't want nobody to hear me, so I'm just going to whisper it right now. But I love this hymn. Then sings my soul. Sing it out loud. Worship involves your voice. Use it. God made your voice for a purpose. Make It says, Psalm 100, make a joyful noise. Unto the Lord. Let me help you out. The birds make noise. And sometimes you get mad they make noise because they might wake you up because they're at your window. But the birds got enough sense in their bird brain to realize that it's morning time. I might as well bless the Lord. Y'all quiet on me. And catch this. The birds are not by themselves. The birds are perched sometimes on a tree. And the tree said, we need to open up our arms (laughs) and let us worship the Lord. And the wind says, hey, don't leave us out. And the wind blows and the tree sways and says, yeah, how great thou art. So how does the creation understand how to worship God? But yeah, we get caught up that I'm not going to use my voice, even though you gave it for me, gave it to me. It doesn't take all that. Oh, I'm not even going to clap my hands. Matter of fact, I'm not even going to lift them up because I don't want to stretch my arms out. It takes too much energy. But the psalm says, lift up your hands. And another thing, when it says to worship, it does not to him in the psalm 130, it says he bowed down. It involves your legs and your knees and your feet. How's it that we try to worship God, but we don't want to move? But yet, check this out. Check this out. If somebody says it's time to say the pledge of allegiance automatically without thinking, you stand up and put your hand across your chest. How is it that you got motion to pledge allegiance to a flag, but to a God that died for our salvation? We decide I'm going to sit down. So CC, this unashamed adoration needs to grip us to realize that I should not be ashamed of my God. If it involves me to shout out to him, if it involves me to wave my hands, if it involves me that I have to bend my knees just to get down on the ground before him, I will do so. And if I have to kiss the ground and just put my face on the ground, just cry out to God, I will do so. Worship him is not to, for other people to see. It's a personal adoration unto the great 
I am. So I shall you adore him. Look at it. It says for his loving kindness. The highest expression of his love. His loving kindness. And oftentimes when they speak of God's loving kindness, it follows with his faithfulness. In, the, in some translations, it has his truth, which also implies his faithfulness. So I praise him for his loving kindness and his faithfulness. Let's look at this. God is love, and he is faithful. And the beautiful thing is this, that we need his love, and we need his faithfulness. Because if we look at it, we lack love, and we know we're not faithful. Yet he is faithful to us, and he loves us. He always welcomes us back into his presence. He always allows us to come. Think about how how good it is to know you always got a place to go back home to. Mm. That's why we love the story of the prodigal son, because the story shows as far as he went off, and as, as, as messed up his life was, he still had a place to come home to. And look, he did not have to dress up. He didn't have to come back with an offering. He had nothing to give. But his dad took everything on him. He said, hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to give you my clothes. I'm going to go kill my calf. I'm going to put my stuff on you. You come on in. I want you to understand the same circumstance in your life, realizing this, that you don't have to have much to give to God. But long as you just come to him, hallelujah, he'll take care of the rest. And that's why we can praise him for his loving kindness and his faithfulness, because there's been some times if we look over our lives and be true to the story that we've been on faithful that we've been unloving towards him but he still has been loving towards us and faithful towards us so i will praise him i will thank him i will worship him for his loving kindness for his truth not only that it says also i will magnify him for his word according to all his name or new living translation says for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. Point out this, that not only is he he's loving, he is faithful, but yet what he says he will do. That God's word is, is awesome. We know the power of his word. In Genesis, he opens up to let him know by him to speak and things came into existence. We understand the power of his word. By his word, by his word we have a covenant. He says, I'll establish this covenant with you. Check this out. When he flooded the earth, he says, I will put a rainbow in the sky. He spoke all this stuff. (laughs) He spoke a rainbow into the sky to remind us that he has made a covenant with us. The rainbow's not for us. We like the rainbow. Oh, look at the rainbow in the sky. But the rainbow, the word of God says the rainbow is to remind God that he will not flood the earth again. Basically, the rainbow is a reminder of us. Check this out. As a ring is on our finger, reminding to a husband and a wife that they are married, God placed a ring around the earth. You know the rainbow makes a ring. Y'all know that, right? In that song, God loves us that he gives us a reminder of his faithfulness to us. And so every time we look at the rain, we should remind how unfaithful we are because the world got flooded, not because of him being unfaithful. Mm. 
but because of us. But yet he is faithful. He allows us to know him through his word. Then he also praised him because what? He answered his cry. Anybody here glad that God answers? We can look throughout the Bible and find out how God answers many people's prayers. But yet, just think about your life. Think about many prayers you got answered. Many of us are grateful of how, how old your child is. You can multiply, you can you know, take that, those days and divide it, you know, and multiply those days by those years and start thinking about, wait a minute, 365 times how old my child is. That's, those are days of thanks because every day they came back home safe. That's an answer prayer. Oh, glory be God. Y'all quiet on me. That's all right. Because you know for a fact, if it wasn't for your mom and your daddy praying for you, come on, somebody. Every time they walk in through the door, you can go to sleep peaceful because you know everybody in the house, they safe. Oh, that's an answer prayer. And so we see that the beauty of God answering our prayers. And also he says that what? He strengthened me. Y'all catch that? I want, you to answer, I want you to follow this and, and understand this and see if you can find this answer in your life. When God's answered your prayer, did you, not, did you, did you feel better? <laughs> did you feel like you could run on? Did you feel just a little bit stronger? Did you feel like things looked a little bit brighter? Check, check this out. It didn't say the situation changed. It says I changed. That, that God lifted me up because I understood he answered my prayer. Oh, glory be to God. So I will praise you. I will bow down. Means I will be in submission. Means I will worship you. And give you thanks for your loving kindness. Exodus 34, verse 6 says this. God's loving, uh, uh, says that his loving kindness endures. And, and, and when we look at that promise, he, he's basically letting them know that he has made a covenant with them when he brought them out of, out of Israel, saying that I am faithful and I am loving kindness to them. He proclaims his name to Moses that way, that the Lord, the Lord your God is loving and faithful. His mercy endures, and it goes down to generations. And then in, in the gospel according to John, it says that mercy after mercy falls after him. It's a, it's a quality of our awesome God that no matter when we're in his presence, we feel love. Think about this for a moment. How often, think about it, how we feel, no matter how upset we are and mad we are with those we love, we still rather like to be in their presence. It just makes us feel better. Even though you're mad about it, right? And he's like, I can't stand you, but let them really be gone, right? Let them really be gone, right? Then you'd be mad. Oh, I wish I could have changed what I said if I had one more chance. But yet our God is forever there, forever sharing his love with us so we can understand his love and kindness, his grace, and his mercy. So we see this. This, this attitude is coming from the theme, the characteristic of our God, that we give thanks to a loving and a merciful God because he is great and he is awesome. So Jeremiah 33 verse 11 says this, Give thanks to the Lord Almighty, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. For I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before, says the Lord. 
So we see that this. And then another aspect of why we ought to praise in Psalms 22, verse 3, the, the King James Version or the Authorized Standard Version says this. But thou art holy, O thou inhabitest the praises of Israel. I want you to understand, if you want to know where God is, just start praising him. He dwells in his praise. He desires to be amongst our praises. And so think about how when we worship him, it, it creates an atmosphere for us to feel his presence. I'm going to give you a, a challenge to do, not just for this week, but for the rest of your life. If you start feeling depressed, you start feeling down, you start feeling stressed out, you start feeling like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just take some time out and to praise him. Now, how can I praise him while I am pain? Or, or how, the psalm, how the psalm says, how can we praise the Lord in a foreign land? They understood that how can we praise him because he is good. I want you to understand this. If, if Paul and Silas can be locked up in an inner prison, arms and legs chained in an inner prison, beaten down for, any, for just speaking Christ the Lord. And they can be locked up, put in prison, and beat down publicly. But yet, at the midnight hour, they can decide what's the hymn you want to sing because we got to praise him. And they understood by praising Cassius, Cassius, God's presence showed up. And you understand the presence of God. It's theophany definitely in the Bible means when he sort of things shook. That prison shook. An earthquake came. And catch this, those chains fell off. We, we, we hear that popular worship song. About how break every chain. <laughs> when Paul just praised God, mm, the chains that were holding him back was broken. Mm, mm. Let me help you out. Even Joseph was in the pit not once but twice in chains. But still God was with him because you understand how to worship and praise God. The chains were broken. Do you understand how when we just put our focus on him, that we look up and no longer down, the surroundings around us no longer have us chained in, but we start realizing that I am free. <laughs> Who the sun sets free <laughs> is free indeed. Aren't you glad that you can call on his name and he can show us, show up and show out. And the things that had you gripped, the things that had you chained, God shown up can set you free. And I want you to understand, God don't need a key to unlock the locks. He can just break the locks. Anybody here glad that he can break the locks? So just praise him where you are. We should praise Yahweh. We should praise the Lord for he is good. And look how it gets contagious. Not only is it a personal opportunity to praise him, but every king on earth will, will give him. That's why I like Philippians second chapter verses six. Uh, I'm sorry, verses five to verse 12. Some suggest uh, that this too is a hymn. Quick note. What is a hymn? A hymn is a praise unto God. 
I said a praise unto God. It's just not a song. We have songs in our hymn books, but are, they are not hymns. What does that mean? That means it's not a praise unto God. A praise unto God will speak of his glory, will speak of his character, will speak of his goodness. And so then the hymn in Philippians 2nd chapter, it speaks that though he was God, thought it was not robbery of God to come in a form of man, even in a form of slave, that he was obedient, coming in a form of man unto death, that he even died on death on the cross. Therefore, God highly exalted him and gave him the name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess on earth above and below that he is Lord. Catch it. The themes of hymns open up with praise and end with praise. And, and this hymn right here, he opens up, I will praise the Lord at all times. Look through there. And it's about five times he said, I will praise him for all these good reasons. Then he has a moment here in verses six, I'm sorry, verses four to five when he says, let everything need to praise him. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. You know, even in Revelation it says when the horse is coming, everything's going to bless him and they're going to see something on his robe is going to say king of kings and lords of lords. He's speaking here of lowercase kings, small k's, little k's. will glorify the king, capital K. Oh, because he's the king of kings. He is the lord of lords. And so when we worship and catch this, we are already setting the, we are already setting the standard for those who are going to follow after us. A lot of us like to be trendsetters. So I want you to understand that you could be a trendsetter at your workplace. Let them know this is how we praise him. <laughs> this is how we worship him. And if you don't know how to do it now, don't wait before it's too late. So worship him now. For look, he is exalted. And what I love about why we worship him, how we ought to worship him, everybody needs to worship because he is exalted. means he's high above. But yet, catch this, catch this. He looks after us. But the haughty, they are what? Far off. Remember we talked about how to be in his presence. You feel better being in his presence. Think about how children are playing on the playground and they take a time to stop to look to see, do you still see me? Because they want to make sure that I'm having fun, but I want to make sure I'm safe. So they're having a good time, but they'll take time out of the fun that they're having just to take a peek around the corner to make sure mom or daddy has an eye on me and catches, catches. The time you're not looking and they see you're not looking, that's the time they might get into some mischief. Yet our God is always watching to prevent us from falling into temptation. Mm. Deliver us from me. Ha <laughs> ha. He's watching us to keep us to, uh, from, from, say, uh, from harming ourselves and keep us safe. And so when you see that he is near us, but away from the heart, because we know how he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Go back to how we praise him. I praise him in humility. I bow down in submission and worship. I lower myself and I lift you up because you are worthy and I am worth less. And since I am worth less, I see how much you are worth more. And therefore, I must spend more time talking about you than I do about my 
myself. Is there anybody here glad that you don't got to talk about yourself because God will take care of you? So just go ahead and lift him up and let God be God. So he's high and lifted up. Y'all see how I'm just walking through this psalm. Y'all see that, right? And so when we praise Yahweh and we give him his great love and we humble ourselves before him, look at his provision to us. See how the psalm close out? Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. Look at the symbolism here. You reach out your hand. And the power of your right hand saves me. Mm. The Lord will work out his plan for my life. For your what? Faithful love. O oh Lord endures forever. Y'all see that theme repeated. Don't abandon me for you made me. Don't forsake the works of your hands. This last grouping speaks of God's provision. Even in the midst of trouble, God will revive me or rescue me or basically he will what? Keep me alive. What I like about the image here that says you will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Basically, you will shield me, you will protect me. But also your right hand will also save me, bring me in (laughs) into comfort. And he will now forsake the works of his hands. Y'all catch this. I want you to grab this and see the, symbol, the, the awesome symbolism here of speaking of our God about his hand. Not only when God is for us, he is for us, but also when he is fighting for us, he is also really for us. Catch this. In, in many sports and many opportunities, there's th- times in, of defense. And so they're just as strong as the defense is able to go against. Check this out. Our God can also play offense and he can play defense. Our God can score victories for us, and He can also stop the enemy from getting any victories in uh, on us. Mm, mm. And and one thing I like about our God is is what I uh, one thing when you watch. Uh, uh, sporting events, right? You, oh, everybody likes a winner, and, and, and definitely you want a team that's winning. And a team that's winning, the, you know, does, has an uh, unblemished record. It's like, oh, that's, that must be a tough team because what they they've never lost, so so they got to prepare that much harder for a team that has you know no losses because we got to be the first ones to to give them a defeat. I want you to understand that the enemy's trying every time harder to prepare for us because we have no losses. <laughs> Some of y'all didn't catch it. You must not be on the winning team. But Jesus is the winning man, the winning man all the time. Jesus is the winner. If we're on his team, oh, glory be to God, we have no zeros. We have no draws. We have only victories. The psalmist said it right here. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. It's pointing out the enemy is trying to kill me, but God, you have rescued me. Here, has anybody here been redeemed by the blood 
of the Lamb. The enemy tried to surround you and get you, but so enough, God stepped in and saved us. Oh, glory be to God. Check it out. The enemy has not given up. He's still trying to kill your house. He's trying to get your children. He's trying to get your marriage. He's trying to get your finances. He's trying to get your health. But let them know that you can take all that stuff from me, but you can't take my salvation. His right hand represents his salvation. And his right hand so no went against the enemy when Jesus went up on the cross and died for our sins. The enemy thought he had him. He went down in the grave. Oh, death, I got you now. But death got, didn't understand that Jesus could come with a, with a left, right hook and an uppercut. And he got up with a power in his hand, defeating death and showing that sin has no sting. So I I will praise him at all times. I will worship him. I will surrender to him for his loving kindness, for his goodness. Cancer think I got you. It can't get you. Poverty think it got you. Can't get you. None of this stuff can get you. That's why Paul writes in Romans, the eight chapter, the latter part, it goes on to say, I am convinced. And nothing can separate us from the love. Why? Because greatest is love and kindness. And his faith in it. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Whether it be height, he's high and lifted up. Whether it be depth, we're far away. Whether it be poverty, nakedness. Whether it be principalities, the enemy, and his spiritual powers. Whether it be death, he thinks death is going to get us. Nothing. Can somebody say nothing? Can separate us from the love of God. And since nothing can separate us from the love of God, cast us, cast us. What's holding us is Christ Jesus. His right hand is holding us. And that's why we say, I give myself away. That's why I say, Father, I stretch my hand. It's an opportunity showing that, Lord, we need you. And we want a possession of you. We want to hold you. We want to be in your presence. We want to feel the warmth of your embrace. We understand that, Lord, we'd rather have your right hand for us than your right hand against us. Think about this for a moment. As a child... When we're children, think about when you were a child and, and how big, you know, the bigs were. You know, the adults were the bigs, how, how big they were. And think about how maybe mother and father weren't, weren't as gentle uh, that they used their hands. They might have grabbed a ruler <laughs> or they might have grabbed a switch. But catch this. But when they raised up that hand, you understood fear and terror. That you, when you did something wrong, when that hand came up, you did not want it to see it come down. Catch this. But that same hand that when it came out to give you a hug, you said, oh, I want that. Let me help you out. When God raised his hand up, it's too late. And since God has not raised his hand up to you, that means you are experiencing his grace. And his mercy. That he is not destroying you, but he's welcoming you in. Think about how he liked that. Anybody ever been in a traffic jam and the traffic lights don't work and the police officers out there 
and you wait for only one signal. Come on. Come on. And you hit that gas. Yes! Let me get in this place. Let me help you out. In our lives, we're full of traffic jams. Feel like we're not moving anywhere. Feel like we're not making any progress. Feel like we're not going to make it. Feel like we're spinning our wheels. Feel like we've been here in this place, in this spot of our lives way too long. Well, while you're there, stop worrying about where you are. Start looking up and say, I will bless the Lord and I will praise and watch this. You'll find out that you might be still sitting in that same spot, maybe for an hour to an hour and a half, if it's not only 10 minutes. But check this out. The time will go by fast because you'll be praising God. And by the time you see them going, come on, you'll be saying hallelujah. And I want you to understand when you're saying hallelujah, you're already saying you haven't even gotten through yet. You just know that I'm about to make it. Anybody here glad that you can praise God right now while you're going through not worrying about how you're going to make it, but just know I am going to make it. Anybody here glad today that I am going to make it? How am I going to make it? Because the Lord, he will protect me. The Lord, he will provide for me. So I will extol his name. I will bless his name. I'm not worried about how people are looking at me because he's giving me a voice. He's giving me some hands and they belong to him. So I lift up my hands. I back my head. I open up my mouth. I say glory. Hallelujah. I give him all the praise. For he's worthy to be praised. So my question is to you. Will you bless the Lord? <laughs> Will anybody here bless the Lord? Some of y'all understand, y'all, some of y'all ashamed. I don't want them looking at me funny. Will you bless the Lord? Let me, let me, let me, all right, let me, let me just give you this correction. You won't be able to do this in your job. They're going to look at you funny. Yeah, they will look at you funny. And they might ask you to get on out. But you can show enough stand up here. And you can show enough shout hallelujah here. And won't nobody kick you out. Matter of fact, they'll encourage you. Tell me of his goodness. He's so enough been good. I'm going to praise him now. While I have the chance. Tomorrow might be too late. But today, he set me up and brought me into this place so I can worship him. Oh, glory. Be to God. Hallelujah. We worship you, O God. We bless you, O God. Oh, glory. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. He is worthy to be praised. Amen. 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 The music minister come forth and lead us further. Amen. And worship with your next selection. Hallelujah. Let us continue to worship him. Amen. Amen. As we worship him, may the, uh, uh, the officers please come forward.